What's good, everybody? You are rocking with the bigs. We are live here at the Wintrust Arena for the NBA Draft Combine. I'm Eugene McIntosh in the building with my partner, Josh Hicks. Josh, yesterday you and our other guy, Drew Stevens, represented the bigs at the NBA Draft Lottery. How was it, and what was your biggest takeaway from last night? Obviously, San Antonio Spurs took over the, uh, the number one pick. Pretty much a lot for Victor Wimbayama, which makes sense that France, San Antonio connection over all these years, especially with Tony Parker, is pretty much bound to happen. So that's pretty much taking place. But the biggest thing, especially when we talk about the Bulls, they're not having a top four pick or any picks in this draft. Picks on number six and 11 do go to the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic head coach uh, Jamal Mosley mentioned that he's excited for the new pieces and he's looking forward to building on the foundation that they already have. They already have a strong foundation with Bo Bo, Paulo Bancaro, Rookie of the Year, Franz Wagner, uh, uh, Wagner, as well as Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris. They have a nice core over there that they're building on. And with Markel Fultz still being there, adding these t pick 6 and 11 to the mix, it's, it's going to be scary hours in Orlando, in Orlando You know, with that foundation being taken place. But the Bulls, no picks, point guard situation, any type of resources from the draft, non-existent. To be 100% honest with you, I'm glad the Bulls did not luck up and get one of those top four picks just like they did back in the D-Rose days. Yeah. I feel like Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnasovas need to earn their keep. Uh, I know their track records in Denver and Toronto uh, speak volumes, but this isn't Denver or Toronto. This is Chicago, the third largest market in sports, and those guys need to earn their keep. So uh, when you talk about not having a, a pick at all in this year's draft, uh, we know about Lonzo maybe not being able to come back and play. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Um, there was hope that if they did get a top four pick, somehow they could luck up on Scoot Henderson. That's not going to happen. What do you think is the next move for the point guard situation? Do they wait on Zoe and see what the, what the move is with him? Or do they go out in free agency and try to get somebody? I know you talked to Brandon Roy yesterday. Uh, what was his thoughts on uh, Lonzo Ball's situation? At this point, you really can't wait for Lonzo Ball because it's not a guarantee that he's going to be ready to go for the season. And if he was to come back, he's not going to be 100%. He's going to be a little bit lesser version of himself. Brandon, Boy, Brandon Roy pretty much made it known that if he was to talk to Lonzo Ball, be patient. Be selfish. Take care of that body. Make sure you are really ready to go. And it's okay to even be a lesser version of yourself because you can still adjust to the game when you're young. Brandon Roy pretty much ran out of the league because of the injuries that he went through, but he also admitted that part of it was a pride thing, knowing that at the end of the day, he cannot play at the all-star level. And he didn't want to hear the noise of, oh, you're not what you used to be. So because of that, he took a step back and just, you know, pretty much retired from the NBA. He said Lonzo Ball doesn't have to do that. He could still play at an elite level and still be solid on both ends of the floor. He may have to adjust his game in some ways, but he still can have longevity in this league if he was to do that. And one of the people he needs and advises Lonzo Ball to look up and really learn from is Andre Miller, a former NBA player and point guard of this league that was not just a solid defensive presence, but also was a floor general on the floor and really changed the way of how you can lead an offense. I think if Lonzo Ball follows that type of concept, there can be some longevity back into the league, especially since he most likely will not be the best player that we know him to be at this present moment when he comes back. End of the day, though, it's not a good look for the Bulls. They got to move on. They got to find another option to salvage the, pro the point guard problem this year because that issue is really what helped derail the season that they had now.
And you talk about longevity. That's one thing that Andre Miller. Andre Miller was definitely one of my favorite guards to watch because he, he wasn't as, as athletic as, as others, uh, but he knew how to get to his spots. He knew how to make other guys better, right. and that's why he got a lot of years out of his NBA life. So that was a good comp from Brandon Roy. But uh, back to the draft combine, as you guys can see, uh, if you can see, uh, they're scrimmaging now, which is a new element uh, added to the draft combine. And um, after watching a couple of scrimmages and uh, being here for the workouts on Monday, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of your takeaways and who, who have you liked um, that we've seen so far. But for me, I feel like the two guys who've impressed me most are two guys that we covered in the 2022 McDonald's All-American game, which was also here at Wintrust, and two guys that actually ended up playing at the same college, which was the University of Arkansas, and that's Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Anthony Black, um, they're saying he's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, he showed great flashes at Arkansas. He definitely did well in the tournament. I think he can be a combo guard. I think he's, he can be a high-level scorer. He can, he'll be able to score from all three levels. And I think he is, he'll be a high IQ player. I'm always high on player development and being uh, going to the right situation. So that always plays a factor. So I'm interested to see where he will fall in that lottery. And as far as Jordan Walsh, another guy who I'm very high on, uh, didn't get to show his elite skill set at University of Arkansas, but I did get to see how athletic he was. Mm -hmm. And after watching... Uh, his his workout on Monday and seeing him play in that last game we saw he has a high level of offensive skill that I think um, will translate very well to an NBA team that needs a six seven six eight athletic wing right. that can contribute on both sides so um, what were your takeaways who do, who stood out most to you uh, as we watch these couple days. There's definitely a couple players that stood out to me. One of them is Isaiah Wong from University of Miami. Miami, he has, in the, in the scrimmage that we did, that I was able to see, you can see the quickness the and the uh, aggressiveness offensively to get to the bucket, to create his own jump shot, but also to be able to facilitate, which is something that is an underrated uh, part of his game that not a lot of people were, we were able to see, when, especially during that, uh, that March Madness run that they went on in Miami. So Isaiah Wong is someone that definitely to keep out on the lookout for that definitely impressed some scouts. Another player is uh, Maximus uh, Max, Maxine Prosper from Marquette. Um, you know, Lenty uh, has a crazy wingspan, but improved jump shot, can stretch the floor, shoot the three, but also has versatility defensively. It's huge and, and preached upon when he was at Marquette, um, having that veteran uh, presence under Shaka Smart. Um, talking to a, a source uh, today regarding uh, that pretty much reviewed his skill set, they compared his skill set to P Pascal Siakam. Wow. Which is very, you know, scary when you think about the development Pascal Siakam had, had during uh, Toronto Raptors' uh, time over there and what, what could be happening with him this offseason. Um, so those are two players that really stuck, stood out to me. High, high praise on both of them. And can definitely change the game of dynamic for where they land when it comes to this uh, upcoming draft. Man, that's, a, that's, that's high praise, uh, Pascal Siakam. And I was there with the, uh, with the source who told you that we'll keep him nameless, but definitely a guy you guys should be looking out for soon. Uh, I'll say he was a former Bull, and he's in close proximity. But um, also, outside of those guys, we got a chance to talk to Amari Bailey, who... Uh, we watched him Monday, and we watched some scrimmage today. Started out slow on the drills Monday, but ended very strong. 
Again, started out slow today on the scrimmages, but ended very strong. Amari's a guy who he's a, he, he can looks like he can run the one. Uh, he's great slashing, can finish at the rim. Uh, looked like he may have lost a bit of athleticism uh, during, uh, due to those injuries he sustained at UCLA, but looked very athletic uh, on the court today. So we talked to Amari, and he said, I told him, hey, man, the spotlight's been on you since we've watched you at Skinner uh, Elementary School since you were in seventh grade, so I feel like the spotlight is nothing new for you. And he said, yeah, um, I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, this doesn't phase me. And he's like, especially being back at Wintrust for these workouts and this scrimmage, he said, basically, man, these guys coming to my house, yep. so I'm not intimidated at all. So um, I'm just ready to go and uh, get to an NBA squad that's ready for him. Uh, also got to talk to Kendrick Davis, mm -hmm. kid that um, – led the conference in scoring at Memphis. Yeah. Um, you know, I asked him, was there any projections? He said they really told him, like, somewhere between 45 and 60, maybe undrafted. But he's like, man, I'm a trench baby. I'm from the hood. I came up with nothing. It was me and my mom. And he said, you know, I'm not like a lot of these guys. He didn't play summer ball coming out of high school. He had to go to Portsmouth. He had to go to the G League camp. Mm -hmm. Now he came to the draft combine. And he dominated. So, um, a guy that can score the ball like that, I think he's 5'11", maybe they'll give him six feet, but a guy like that who can score the ball at three levels, I think um, he's another guy who will find his way onto a team. As long as it's the right fit, I feel like he will be a very good asset for a team moving forward. Most definitely another player that uh, within this draft class, Jordan Hawkins from UConn. Um, he is someone that obviously knows what it likes to become to win a championship, be part of a championship culture. Um, he pretty much admitted that he thinks he's the best uh, shooter in this draft, and he wants to prove that. Um, be able, he compares his skill set to a Clay Thompson as type of player, um, someone that can you know shoot the three very well, be on the move, but be a be a firm defender as well. He's definitely talked to a few teams, but that's a player that you really should just keep your eye out just in case. Not just because of the fact of his skill set, which he has shown throughout his play, run, running to the uh, winning that championship. Uh, this past year in March Madness, that he got it like that. He is that guy. However, it's also the winning component, the fact that he knows how to win. Well, he knows how to play, play well in environments uh, that have the, the, you know, the lights on them. So as someone that's definitely the, uh, someone to pay attention to as well, obviously Brandon Miller uh, spoke to the media today as well, mentioned the Bulls did reach out and talk to him this morning um, prior to this interview. Obviously, he doesn't expect anything to happen with that. Um, but he, but the biggest thing for him was just showing the world that he's matured. Okay. He's learned from that gun situation that happened at Alabama this past season um, and was very vulnerable with the fact that at the end of the day, you live and you learn. It's a mistake that he's, you know, that he's, it's a mistake. It's something that happened, but he's learning from it. Always be aware of your surroundings. And he spoke very maturely yet confidently in the fact that that's incident, that's, isn't going to mess up his draft status per se. But it's going to progress and moving forward, especially in a light of a situation like John Moran, okay. who has gone through the gun situation. It's potentially uh, maybe going against a pretty big suspension uh, with the NBA. So those are the, definitely some highlights from earlier today and in interviewing with players. But and those are two players for sure that you, you know that we really should need to highlight and, and focus on. Uh, one last guy that we got a chance to talk to, a favorite of mine. When I told him that I hoop with his pops, he, he opened up and he, he started laughing. He's like, man, my pops hoop with everybody. That's Terrence Shannon Jr. Plays at the played at the University of Illinois. Uh, he was wide open, great interviewer. 
uh, well-spoken, said that he does have another year of eligibility left, but his mind and his focus is totally on the NBA, and he feels like, you know, he'll he'll be able to make it. There's, there's, there's no doubt that he'll be uh, able to make one of these teams. And I told him I feel like a guy with the skill set of his, there are not a lot of guys in the NBA like that who basically – mid-level guys they they score more around the rim uh kind of in that six five to six seven uh lengthy range uh can shoot the ball if need to be but um high level iq great defense and just an overall team player that you can stick in at any point any time of the game and the coach will have the utmost um the utmost confidence that you'll be able to contribute in whatever capacity needed so uh great talking to terrence shannon jr and um, one last guy who everybody's continued to ask me about since I posted it on Monday, Imani Bates. Yeah. And I was high on Imani Bates, another kid who's been in the spotlight since he was in high school, was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, watched his workouts Monday. Didn't look too good. I'm going to chalk him up to maybe him having the jitters. We've seen a lot of these guys. Uh, struggle in their workouts, struggle in the scrimmages, but this is a new level. This isn't college. This isn't just some regular scrimmage. You get a bunch of executives and coaches and high-level people in the crowd watching this. So uh, for myself, when I watch Imani Bates, I just feel like uh, he's a high-volume guy. He takes a lot of tough shots. He can make some of them, but mm -hmm. this is the next level, and it's not going to be as easy. So uh, high volume, not as efficient as he needs to be. And again, player development. Hopefully, wherever he goes, if he goes, uh, it's somewhere where he can be developed in the right situation and come out on the, the better side because he does have an outstanding skill set. I think the biggest thing for Imani is the fact that in his high school and college days, he always had the ball in his hands. When you go to the NBA, a lot of those slots are taken already. So he's going to have to adjust to not just having to not to get used to not having the ball in his hands. And when he does, making the right moves right away. You can't dance with the ball. He's going to have to learn how to either to in a lot of ways, most likely be a stretch three, three and D guy, which he has the capability of doing and has shown even in the combine and the scrimmages, he has the chance to do that. But the reality is he's going to have to adjust at some point, depending on the team that he's on. If he, does he have the capability, yes, but this is going to be a growing process from this year and I believe that he'll eventually catch on and you start to see more of that efficiency start to see more of those improvements that we, that you obviously just talked about but situationally depending on where he goes it, it can be a huge adjustment for him and I think he'll be able to make it but it's gonna it's definitely gonna take time hey man there are a lot of big wigs walking around the stadium right now we've seen everybody from Jawan Howard to Michael Finley we just talked to Tony Delk former University of Kentucky star uh, we've seen Arturis Karnasovas, we've seen Mark Eversley, we've seen John Paxson, we've seen Tom Thibodeau, we've seen Nico, the GM for the Dallas Mavericks, Nazi Muhammad, uh, Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, all types of people walking around, scouting, doing what they do best here at the NBA Draft Combine. There are a couple days left. Uh, Josh will be here tomorrow and Friday. Uh, actually, it's just tomorrow. Tomorrow. And... Um, yeah, man, that's 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 what it is, man. So, uh, again, it's the Bigs here live at the NBA Draft Combine. Uh, it's been an experience. Uh, great to have it here at Wintrust. No better sports city than Chicago. And uh, hopefully these guys, the guys playing behind us, the guys that scrimmage next, 
and the guys at scrimmage before. Hopefully they're getting the most out of their opportunity, and I look forward to seeing these guys down the line in the future. So for Josh Hicks, I'm Eugene McIntosh. For the Bigs Media, it's us.